Welcome to Beyond the Skyline, Black Excellence in Dallas-Fort Worth Commerce, where we delve into the vibrant tapestry of Black-owned businesses, shaping the economic landscape of our community. I am your host, Leslie D. Thompson, and together we embark on a journey to discover the stories, triumphs, and innovations driving entrepreneurship in the heart of North Texas. Join us as we celebrate the resilience, creativity, and success of these trailblazing entrepreneurs and explore the rich cultural heritage that fuels their endeavors. A podcast where every episode is an ode to Black excellence. Visit us online at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned.com and follow us on social media at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned. Now sit back, settle in, and savor the scenery beyond the skyline. Do you struggle to keep up with the demands of managing your social media presence? Do you wish you could spend more time focusing on your business or passion rather than worrying about posting schedules and engagement? Well, the Essential Services has your solution to stress-free social media management. You can finally reclaim your time and energy while confidently growing your online presence. Specializing in crafting engaging content, strategizing effective campaigns, and building meaningful connections with your audience across major platforms. Whether you're a small business owner, an influencer, or an organization looking to expand your digital footprint, the Essential Services has the tools and expertise to help you thrive in the online world. Say goodbye to overwhelm of managing multiple social media accounts. Say hello to the Essential Services, your trusted partner in social media success. Contact us today at theessentialservices.com to learn more about our customizable packages and start your journey towards effortless social media management. Now, I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello, everyone. I'm so honored to have my special guest here with me on the podcast. It is my line sister, Jamita Machen. She is the owner of the Software Vault. The Software Vault is based here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And again, I'm very excited to have Jamita join me. Welcome, Jamita, to Beyond the Skyline. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We want to go ahead and just get started and have you introduce yourself Tell us a little about yourself. I know if you were to give your full uh, resume bio, we could probably take up the whole podcast, having you share about your expertise and your accolades and things like that. But if you would just go ahead and give us an introduction of who you are, how long you've been in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and maybe some interesting things that you find about DFW. Okay. I'm Jamita Machen. I'm the CEO, founder of the Software Vault. I've been in Dallas pretty much all my life. I'm born in Oak Cliff, Texas, but mostly raised in DeSoto, Texas. Graduated from DeSoto High School, ventured off to Aggieland and College Station, and 
had my bachelor's degree in computer science there. After that, ventured into Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona for a while, then up to Chicago, working with Motorola. And up there, I got my master's degree in computer science. And then after a large snow blizzard, I moved right on back down here to Dallas, where I belong. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And been here ever since. What I find interesting about the area is, one thing is, it's almost like Fort Worth and Dallas are two different, I don't know, countries or something, even though they're right (laughs) next to each other, act like they're so far apart. And it's, it's a different vibe in each. And I like, I love both going to different places in both I do love to eat and taste different foods, so it's nice that all these different restaurants that are not chain restaurants are opening up in the Dallas area, so I love that. And other things I like to do is do the 5Ks, the fun 5Ks, not the serious ones where you're tracking your time. I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so those fun ones as well. And I'm also the founder of the Stimulation Foundation, which is a nonprofit that brings awareness in the STEM fields for students in Title I schools. We try to get them certified in technology uh, areas such as cybersecurity and drone piloting as well. So that's just a brief highlight. I have comments on all of that. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) I'll start out with your introduction about that you're uh, living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Oak Cliff, DeSoto. It's so funny because growing up in the 80s, we had that group of us that moved on a little bit further south from Oak Cliff mm-hmm. into DeSoto and Duncanville. <laughs> that was always a fun rivalry, but, yes. uh, you know, going off to school, we still had that connection. So those people who were, were from DeSoto, Duncanville, Cedar Hill, it was almost like, okay, they're from those suburbs, but they really from Oak Cliff. Right. <laughs> really from Oak Cliff. So that was great to be able to still identify, although we were rivalries in high school, when we went off to college, we still had that same connection. Yes. Because uh, you're from, you from Oak Cliff. If your folks are from Oak Cliff, I even tell my kids, y'all are from Oak Cliff too. Y'all don't really know much about it, but y'all can still, you still have the right to claim Oak Cliff. And then a little bit about your time after graduating uh, mm-hmm. from Texas A&M. I just, I remember that time and just being so so proud and just watching all the things that you were doing, just jet setting and working for Motorola and going out of the state and venturing out and being able to share with us all the things that you were doing. And I knew before before long, mm-hmm. you were going to branch out. You weren't going to be working for a corporation for very long <laughs> uh, because of just the the mindset that you always had that I always admired about you. And all the things that I knew, the potential that you had, what you accomplished while we were in college. But I looked forward to what it was that you were going to do as an adult. And thank you. Many of those things I know you have done. So when we share Jamita's link to her business, and I encourage you to look her up on LinkedIn just to see all the wonderful things that, that she's doing and just what she represents here in our city. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome. <laughs> yes, yes. And then you talked about the Metroplex. I think that is something that is unique about mm-hmm. DFW is we get to embrace the different flavors of the culture in our area. So there's the Dallas culture, the Fort Worth culture, right. and then those different suburbs, they have their own 
flavors. We don't have to, to drive far to be able to experience something just a little bit different, a little exactly. bit different. And if yes. it seems far, I know like some places are practically an hour to get to, but it's it's, it's still local. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it makes it more interesting just to get out of the environment that you used to, even if you're used to patronizing the restaurants here on the South Side. And uh-huh. if you have to drive an hour away, you feel like you went somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it, I, it was really fun when my mom was living to take her and my dad, they came to a point where they didn't really drive far. Maybe downtown, which is 20 minutes away from where they lived, to be able to take them out somewhere to see the developments in the different suburbs and Mm -hmm. take them to the different areas where they would say were their old stomping grounds and to be able to see all the different developments. And my dad, who is still with us, one of our favorite things to do is to take him out to the star in Frisco. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, nice. Yeah. Place. Yeah. Cause he's a huge football fan, huge Dallas Cowboys fan, but we really like to take him to see those places in person versus mm-hmm. just seeing them on the news. Yeah. <laughs> so gotta love the DFW Metroplex. All right. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about your business and what inspired you, if you could let the listeners know, what even inspired you to start your own business? I would say I'm a big advocate of LinkedIn. So I'm like mm-hmm. link, LinkedIn works mm-hmm. for networking and everything. Some random company from the UK kept calling me. They found me on LinkedIn and eventually I answered the phone. I thought I was spam or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I eventually answered the phone and they were like, hey, we looked at your profile on LinkedIn and we're trying to get into the U.S. market with a DFW airline company and we want to know if you create a company and subcontract with us on a project that they're trying to have. That's how I created the company and ended up (laughs) subcontracting on a large project where I was one of the architects of the project. And just took it from there. I did get cold feet in the middle of doing that because I was thinking like, oh, there's no way I'm going to land something this big again. Mm. So I did go work full time for the airline after a period of time of subcontracting my company. And Mm -hmm. then um, eventually in 2011, I came back out, not 2011, 2018, I came back out full time um, for my company um, just because of a, a glass ceiling type of issue that I saw and I said that make my own path if I Mm want to be in a c-suite this is how I'd be in the c-suite so I came out 2018 to relaunch the company got certified as a minority business and a woman-owned business and Mm -hmm. all the other alphabets that come with it have all those (laughs) (laughs) yeah have them all in your toolbox in case you need it and Mm -hmm. just been going ever since wow okay so we got it we got to back up we got to back up okay so this company contacted you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I want to dive in right there because all of us get random messages, people reaching out on LinkedIn about whatever. Right. And like you said, our first thought is this is spam. This is someone trying to breach my security, mm-hmm. trying to, to get <laughs> some information from me. Right. So can you spend just a couple minutes telling us about that process of just betting who they were. And th- those of you who are listening, I want y'all to really tune into this just to get some tips on how to determine or use your discernment to 
to decide whether this is something you really want to pursue. And then also take note that there could be legit opportunities where people are reaching out to you. If you have something of value. Now, if you just got on LinkedIn and you got (laughs) two connections on there and somebody's reaching out, and you don't really have a reason (laughs) (laughs) that these people would want to connect with you, then, you know, that you may not be ready. But Jamita, if you can just give us a a little bit more insight into that process, what made you trust it? How did you vet these individuals who reached out to you? Okay. I would say that instead of doing the messaging or the, what you call it, the email inbox, they just kept calling And so I never received the message for them. And so eventually I was like, I'm just tired of whoever this is calling my phone. So I answered it one day and that's how Mm -hmm. we got on in the conversation. So basically listening to the different points of data that they're seeing, we are X company. I am X and I work at this company, stuff like that. So taking down the information they're giving me after Mm -hmm. we hang up, I go research. So doing a lot of there you uh, go internet research obviously we go to look up people's website to see if they're legit but that doesn't mean that they're legit there's Mm -hmm. ways to look up their companies online with whoever the in that case it's the country that they registered in but here we're looking up the different states that they're registered here we can look up Mm -hmm. iris information so just looking up that information to see if they're a real company or a shell company and just a lot of google would tell you right uh, if other people come had complaints about them and looking yeah. up the different people as well that they say they work there. So looking at that with LinkedIn, they show who all supposedly works at the company if they're on LinkedIn. So just looking at them, some people will be connected to other people. So if they're connected mm-hmm. to people I know, I'll reach out to the people I know and ask them, know them personally and stuff like that. And then also with the airline company we're trying to get into, I just asked some people that worked at the airline company because I knew some of them a legit opportunity or a project that y'all have coming up and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So that's just lots of research because, you know, I would have been leaving leaving a good job to Mm -hmm. start my own. And then I would have been out on the street if it wasn't a legit opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause we, we, yeah, cause I think that is amazing and, and that's great uh, tips for, you know, young people or anyone who, maybe aspiring to be a business owner, or maybe not necessarily aspiring yet, but you're Mm -hmm. letting them know some information that could open their eyes to a potential opportunity. Right. Okay. And you said they reached out to you and as a, to be a subcontractor, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so what was it about your profile or your credentials that made them, you know, want to reach out to you? So basically my, um, you know, I had my latest position. I worked at another mm-hmm. airline company. So my latest position mm-hmm. had all that documented. And mm-hmm. so basically looking at my work background, which is LinkedIn's pretty much your resume. That's yep. how they were able to search and find myself. And they found some other people as well because they brought mm-hmm. us all together with our own companies to subcontract under them. So Got basically it. just keeping that information up to date on LinkedIn helps okay. with the, how they search. And what was your role at the time? Is that something you can share? Sure. I was not uh, the company. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was what they call a solutions architect. So, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, architecting how uh, software systems are put together. And I Mm -hmm. always equate it to uh, when you're building a house, would you 
want an architect to design it first and then you have the builders follow the blueprint that the architect provided or or you don't want an architect and you just let people start building the house now which one is going to be more have a stronger foundation the one yeah. that had the architect on it that oversaw are you matching my blueprint and everything mm-hmm. y'all are building or just let somebody go willy-nilly build a house or whatever same no. same with the software <laughs> systems right so yeah that's why we have architects in IT, information technology. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So mastermind behind the planning, the initial yes. planning is where any successful project should start. Right. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that. See, I told y'all. <laughs> Even though I didn't know a whole bunch. So my major, so when Jamita was at A&M, your major was computer science, right? Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So I was business analysis Mm -hmm. or MIS. So we did a little bit of programming. We, so we're dating ourselves. So (laughs) (laughs) those are the languages that we learned, that I learned in MIS was COBOL. And then I learned a little bit of C plus, but I know I was not nearly as engrossed in the whole world of computer science. And in my major, we did a lot more studying in business and right. we took the accounting classes, the marketing, the management and all those things. You guys were, I, I think y'all were more of the nerds than we were. <laughs> and like I tell my kids, nerds rule. <laughs> my minor was in MIS. So I was That was your minor. Too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you were in blocker a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. The other thing I was going to ask you, you mentioned those certifications. If you can share with us who are newer business owners and others who may not know much about what the benefits are and maybe a little bit of insight into the process of becoming, uh, you said, minority-owned business, woman-owned business, give us some insight there as into that process and then how that can benefit you as a business owner? Sure. Like I mentioned earlier, I came out and got my certifications as a minority-owned business and a woman-owned business. Pretty much the process, when people look at it, they're like, all all this paperwork got to get together. But however, with people that would like to get certified, easily help them get organized and Mm -hmm. get this done really quickly. And it's not as bad as they think. So we walk through submitting the paperwork and pretty much the paperwork is to prove that you are a minority that owns 51% of the business or, or more. Same with mm-hmm. the woman. So it's, it's all about the paperwork to prove that and then what size business you are. Like if you're a small business, a disadvantaged business. So those certifications can help when you're doing work with the government or you're doing mm-hmm. work with corporations that are trying to track how they spend their money. So some corporations have goals to say, hey, we want to spend this much money of our, this much of our budget of our spend with women-owned business. Say, say it's yeah. 30%. So they're able to track that and you look more advantageous when they're able to track that and you have your certificate because yep. they're, they mm-hmm. want to mark that down. Hey, we can track that. Yes, you're a woman-owned business and we spent with you and we met our goal for the year. Yeah. So, so their receipts. Yeah. So it's just mm-hmm. like having those tools in your tool belts. Some um, take women-owned business certificates. Some take the minority-owned business certificate. There's also a Texas hub, which is uh, another certificate that works with the uh, universities. They recognize that. So Mm -hmm. 
just what I mentioned earlier, is just having those different certifications helps with the different types of projects that you're trying to go after. Whether yeah. It's municipalities, corporations, universities. They recognize different ones, but it's the same mm-hmm. paperwork. So once you do one, it's pretty much the same paperwork for all of them. Okay. Okay. And one note I'm taking from that is to, for our listeners, don't be intimidated yes. by the paperwork. Right. <laughs> it, because the benefits of it can just far outweigh that cost in time or headache. If you're not a, a paperwork person or whatever it is, don't be intimidated by that. Go ahead and uh, pursue those certifications because these businesses are looking to meet those goals. And mm-hmm. if you're on that list or if you have that those certifications and your paperwork already completed, then you can be among that list that they are considering. And I know some people might say, I don't want to do business with corporations and government. So why should I get a certification? However, mm-hmm. with the organizations that provide the certifications, there are like 1100 businesses in just there's different mm-hmm. chapters or they call regional organizations that feed up to the national organization so Mm -hmm. in there like if you're a business and your ideal client is another small business you you have your certification that's just the bonus but you also have access to 100 businesses to market your services to Mm. and potentially do there you go yes Mm. and that's just here in like texas oklahoma Mm -hmm. (laughs) or north North texas oklahoma because there's another the chapter like in uh, southern Texas and stuff like that. So just think you're just covering part of two states. Just think when you spread that across the whole United States. You have to think smart. <laughs> right. And if you have yeah. um, products, I've seen where a lot of the training and everything, once you're certified, mm-hmm. all that training is pretty much free to you. So you okay. have access to like I've seen HEB and Target. You have access to how they you know, take you through some training on how you can get your products on their shelves, stuff like Got that. Got it. So, okay. So yeah, it's a okay. lot of different advantages for having mm-hmm. a certification. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. I love that. And what's so interesting about that, and this is a whole, this is a whole nother topic that we could discuss or have a whole podcast on. Mm-hmm. But when you think about all the things that are going on now with the Texas public schools and taking out, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole Hopwood decision back in the 90s that uh, took away the race-based scholarships for public schools, they were pretty much saying we want to be able to identify these students because we understand the disadvantage that has occurred. And so Mm -hmm. we want to write that. And so with business, thankfully, we still have the opportunity to allow companies to say, we want to support businesses that are owned by a minority or owned by a woman. Mm -hmm. And so I wish (laughs) in public education, and I know there's a whole politics of it all, but in public education, they would be able to see the same value of being able to say that we appreciate what this population brings to our university, one. But then also we recognize that as a country, we actually are are part of the reason why they haven't had or we haven't had as many of those opportunities. So we want to Mm -hmm. attract more 
people that are from these disadvantaged or traditionally or economically disadvantaged areas. Right. But that's a whole nother (laughs) soapbox that we could get on. But we see that this is something that takes place in the business world Uh and it's recognized and really applauded because I see all the things that you share, that you post and the opportunities that you, that have been afforded to you. And not to say it's not a handout at all. It's saying that we recognize what these businesses have and we recognize that they don't they have not had the same opportunities. They don't have as many um, resources as a huge firm does to be able to do the marketing, to be able to get themselves out there in front of these contract opportunities. And yeah, kudos to you for just doing all of that work that it has taken to do the the networking and putting your business out there, bettering yourself. I, I do want to give you an opportunity here uh-huh. just to share a little bit of some of the uh, recognitions and, and accolades that you have received. And then after that, we can go more into what you actually provide within your business. But what are some of the things that you have been, some areas that you've been recognized in here in the last couple of years? Oh, there's, I do volunteer with different uh, organizations. So with the Women Certification Organization, which is Women's Business Council Southwest here in the Dallas area that feeds up to the National We Bank. Um, mm-hmm. I was recognized as Volunteer of the Year for the organization. Yeah. <laughs> Same with the <laughs> NAACP in Arlington. Recently, I'm an honoree for Dress for Success that they have coming up in March. Uh, mm-hmm. honoree for that and some of the I guess trainings and cohorts I've been accepted to is right now I'm in the Microsoft Black Partner Alliance cohort where they're mm-hmm. helping us learn faster or get our arms mm-hmm. around everything faster yeah. uh, with being a partner in their ecosystem and then okay. also with the women's certification organization I was able to go to New York and get training with uh, IBM and the Tuck Dartmouth uh, University and yeah, fo- yeah, yeah, focusing more on finances and how you can manage cash flow and those type of things, uh, projections mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Things you need for your business. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you. I told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you. No, I, I love it. I love it. Such an inspiration. <laughs> Thank you. So about your business, the Software Vault, uh-huh. tell us about what you do, what your company provides, and what could a, because I know a lot of people who are listening to the podcast, some may be able to benefit from the service that you provide, or they may able to be able to refer uh-huh. your services to companies they work for, individuals they work for. So let us know about your business and what you all provide. So a a big part of our business is doing a digital transformation for organizations. Our largest client base are nonprofits, and then we have the municipalities, and then we have small uh, business owners. So part of digital transformation is automating processes because nonprofits and small business owners are limited in resources, like Mm -hmm. human resources. So how can you automate some things that are reputable uh, using technology? to help um, scale their business or make them more efficient. So we offer that. Um, we do offer like website design, redesign services and mobile app application development, as well as business applications, which is part of the digital transformation automation 
process with machine learning and artificial intelligence built in. Wow. So how, okay. When you came from being a software architect for Mm -hmm. this airline, how were you able to determine that these are services or products that you're able to provide for other companies? Had you worked on digital transformation within these other companies, or is it something that you saw as a niche or a need? And then you said, I want to hone my skills to be able to provide these services or how did you go about deciding what your offering was going to be? So initially, obviously the offering was just architecture and then being a fractional chief technology officer Mm -hmm. uh, for those companies that didn't have a technology department or team or something like that. So that was initially, but as you work and evolve, one of the things I did work on before becoming an architect was a lot of website work, but it was more, I don't know if you call it hardcore development, not like WordPress, mm-hmm. but doing the C plus behind the scene or Python mm-hmm. or whatever. The coding. The mm-hmm. Yeah, the coding. So that was an easy route to go to provide those services for small business owners and then getting okay. referred to nonprofits. So that's how the nonprofit clients started building up. And yeah. then digital transformation and automation it's just keeping up with what the latest trends are. And then yep. as, as I'm working with clients, you'll see like what other issues they may have. So that's how you also identify what could be a need that other people may want or need and stuff like that. So that's how we, we came into the digital transformation service offerings. It didn't start okay. out that way. It was just something okay. that evolved. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say in one lesson learned, but all that is, which a lot of, Business owners may do, may, may or may not do, but we come out, we're like, oh yeah, I do all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so after going through a few trainings with sales coaches and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they tell you to focus on a niche in industry and focus on X amount of services to help you build your practice. Even though it sounds backwards, it's really not because you're thinking like, oh, I'm leaving money on the table because I can do <laughs> this and I can do that. But mm-hmm. you're not because if you're you know, like for websites, it's it goes so fast for us because it's, we've been doing it for a while. So, yeah. So since we stick into a, a certain amount of services, those services become fast to implement. We're more efficient and we don't have to learn, have a huge learning curve because yeah. we're staying, pretty much staying in our lane. So mm-hmm. until we mm-hmm. analyze and research what it would take to add a different service offering. Yeah, that makes sense because you want to, when someone comes to understand what you do or come to your website, mm-hmm. you want to have something that is succinct. Right. Are you able to say, this is what we do? And then you become known for offering those right. services. So even though someone initially may not Uh, need those services, but because they know that these are the things you specialize in when that need comes up, Uh then hopefully they'll say, oh, I know the software vault does that. But if you had 50 things, they'd be like, oh, no, they do (laughs) do something with technology, but (laughs) you know, I don't know exactly what it is. (laughs) that, That is a great point. Also, what you said about when you added the digital transformation Partly, it was because you saw that it was a need as you're working with these uh, organizations. You're Uh able to see that this is something that they're needing or asking about, or you can see that you can help the organization work more efficiently. Uh And so then you add that to be one of your your top services, it sounds like, because it's the first one uh, that you mentioned. 
Yes. Awesome. And can you, I know we didn't talk about this before. All this is so interesting and so intriguing. You, I have more questions. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but can you give us an idea of what that would look like for, you talked about automation and with nonprofits not having much staff. What is an example of something where you've been able to um, help them save time, be able to get some things done, whereas they may have had to pay a whole full-time or part-time resource to get a particular thing done. But with this automation, you were able to free up that time or help them save money. Uh, One example is, let's say they have a food bank or something like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of organizations might use a lot of paperwork. Hey, you sign in on this piece of paper, we'll get you in. Then somebody needs to type that information in some system somewhere and track that person going forward. But taking the information and entering the system, that depending on the availability of who's ever doing that, that could take a day or a whole week, stuff like that, because working at limited staff. So providing the different technology of, hey, just put up a tablet and have an intake form using the technology that you're already paying for. Because a lot of people yep. go out get additional stuff they don't need. You already yep. have this technology <laughs> that, that has yep. this built in where you can intake information. Let the people you're serving self-check in, whether it's yep. like you, they want to track if they're repeating or are they new. Have technology where they can scan. If they have ID, scan ID, pops up, hey, you're here, get your ticket or whatever you need to show that, hey, I'm here for being serviced. You're mm-hmm. entered into the system tracks. Hey, you came on this date. We have you. Maybe it follows up with a survey with additional information they may need and stuff like that. Just in that whole process, you pretty much <laughs> went from like maybe a week of getting that information to the system to within minutes of getting yes. it. Yes. You know, and it's tracked and you're able to accurately check uh, track your your impact because mm-hmm. going from paper to entering in there, there's a chance for errors that way as well. Yep. Entering the data wrong and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's just like one, one example. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that it saves time. It can save stress. And yes. I, I know from, you know, being in meetings with organizations who um, don't have much of those processes that are automated. Mm-hmm. There's lots of discussion, you know, after events or leading up to events about, hey, I think we could do this or I think we could do that. And it's a lot of discussion about what the process should be or how this thing needs to go. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's extra time because who wants to have meetings extended or have right. the points of the meeting always be the same thing. But mm-hmm. if you have those things automated, check that off. And so your meetings around your events or around whatever that uh, process that is being done, checking in the food bank and deliveries or different things like that, you're able to put those resources work to do more valuable things to save money. So yeah. Save money and serve more. That is wonderful. How do you see the future of your industry evolving and what roles do you feel like your business plays in that evolution? I say now pretty much every company is quote unquote a technology company because yeah. it's inevitable should just embrace technology because you it helps with a lot of things. I know there's, you know, some where we have the moral standards of AI or something like that. But mm-hmm. if you research it and everything, some technology can 
assist your business and give you an upper edge to your competitors. So now mm-hmm. I say like pretty much every company is a technology company. Mm-hmm. With that said, obviously a lot of them do not have technology departments. So we could still be the extension, like their mm-hmm. technology department to help them get get projects done mm-hmm. and oversee the tech portion of just their whole business yeah. until they're able to grow and start getting a, a tech department of their own. But yeah. pretty much just seeing it uh, as a tech partner to those businesses that do not have a tech department or they might just have one person on staff mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Cause they could be left behind. Right. You know, the, you know, if they're just seeing what, how these other companies are, are growing or mm-hmm. being efficient and things like that. And because of that struggle that they have in that area mm-hmm. of not having that department, like you mentioned, before they know it, <laughs> they could end up just being swallowed up or just left behind. And right. if they're tracking where they are when they against their competitors or just if it's a nonprofit, they're mm-hmm. they're giving or the impact that they're having on their community and different things like that. So I love how you said that you're an extension of that technology department or you could serve as the technology department if it's not something that they have in-house at the time. Wonderful. I do want to give you an opportunity to share about Stimulation Foundation. Oh, okay. Stimulation Foundation right now, we're like in the rebuild phase Mm -hmm. or relaunch phase, but pretty much we focus on providing an alternative path for students that are in Title I schools. There are some that college is not for everyone, but we would want them to be able to still take advantage of all the tech positions that are going to come uh, or being predicted right. to be around. And obviously we have a shortage of filling those positions. I wouldn't say right now due to the <laughs> layoffs, but, mm-hmm. but it's still predicted long-term that we're going to have a shortage. So there'll be a gap. And so for those that right away, do not see college as a, a pathway or even they just don't see it in general, providing an opportunity to gain certifications in those tech fields where it's predicted to be a lot of a large a shortage, such as cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And then we have some other, we try to provide some fun ones like drone pilot certification because they can span different things such as entertainment, yep. construction, disaster, providing those different areas, giving them the opportunity to have a certification when they graduate so they can have a livable income when they're graduate graduated. Right. That's pretty much an exposure. So helping, mm-hmm. we also help students that are in college, they looking for internships, how to navigate the school mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So we also help assist with that. And we did some work with SMU where we taught students from seventh grade to 10th grade or no 12th grade. We did do the cybersecurity training. And then for the okay. junior high students, we did activities like teaching them how to code pretty much in a week. They're coding and then yeah. also building their own laptop and then teaching them how to code on that laptop. So. Love it. Love it. Love it. So when you mentioned, let me see where I want to go with that, because I had two thoughts. When you mentioned the fact that there are some students who may not be taking the, the college path. Uh-huh. And that made me think about what you were saying about every company is really becoming a tech Right company, or they have to be thinking that way. And I think that's the same for every student, whether they're going to go to college or, or go into tech or not, uh-huh. they're going to have 
some of those skills to right. be able to, some of the skills they got to have probably just to live, to be able to run their house. Because there's so many things now just in your home to be able to operate your home mm-hmm. that is technology based. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have children. There's the tech support that they're going to have to provide right. for all the things that have to be set up for their kids, whether it's for education or even watching TV, being connected. Mm-hmm to the internet and all the apps and all the things. So I love that you're mentioning it that way in that respect, that STEM is not just for someone who wants to major right. in those fields, but it's something that is, it's going to be necessary really for all fields, even those who are going to, to be going into a trade or what have you, right. that's still going to be important. All right, Jamita, thank you so much for everything you have shared. I know that just learning about who you are, what you do, what you have offered to our community and to just to the world at large, just with all the things that you have, the ways that you have dedicated yourself to learning, to to being excellent in your craft and to now being a business owner and representing the Black females in our community and seeing what can be done. Mm -hmm. I know that as people are listening to this interview and just learning about what you have been able to accomplish, I know your credentials and what you represent can be a catalyst for other young ladies who either want to work in STEM who want to be business owners, who want to lead nonprofits and make a difference in their community. So I want to say thank you for all the work that you've done. I don't know how you manage it all (laughs) (laughs) and still have time to volunteer and work out because I'd be seeing you at the gym. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Try to stay in shape as I get more seasoned. Yes. (laughs) I just want to say congratulations to you for all the things you've done and you're only 50 about to be 52 (laughs) still young and so I know there's still lots more that that is to come but thank you for sharing with us today thank you for all the things you do and let us know how we can find you online what is your website for your company okay it's thesoftwarevault.com so that's t-h-e-s and sam w vault.com Or you can also look me up on LinkedIn under Jamita Machen and I will respond either way. Yes. (laughs) Well, thanks again. Thanks again. And y'all make sure you remember the software vault. As I mentioned before, if there are areas where you can use her services, digital transformation, automation, mobile apps, website design, redesign, or if you work with an organization or a company who could use their services, please look her up. And so Jamita, thank you again for your time today. It has been wonderful just learning more about what you do. And thank you for having me. Fam, that does it for this episode of Beyond the Skyline. We encourage you as always to visit our website where you can find information and links to the wonderful products and services offered by the guests of our show as well as information on other Dallas-Fort Worth Black-owned businesses. You can find us at EssentialPodcastNetwork.com or at DallasFortWorthBlackOwned.com. 
Stay tuned for more inspiring stories from the diverse world of Black-owned businesses in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Until then, make it a great one.